What's good, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Five Mics coming to you live and direct again. Uh, I hate my intro. Like, I feel like my intro is is straight from like 1999. Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? It's your boy Five Mics coming to you live and direct. Like, I need to. I just need to. I don't know. I need to. I need to re up my intro. I don't like it. I'm going to just start talking. I'm just like, yo, it's good. It's your boy. Like, so anyhow, I, I'm just talking to myself at this point in time. Um, but thank you for tuning in anyway. It's the idea, man. It's your boy, Five Mics. And the mics stand for husband, father, educator, writer, and MC. And that's a master ceremony or a microphone controller, however you see fit. Um, but yo, I, I, I want to start to show off on a, on a kind of a serious note. On a very serious note, not even kind of, but this week, um, over the weekend, as I talk about all the time, I went to James Madison University. I'm a proud double Duke, which means I, I went there for grad school and undergraduate school. And one of the best decisions of my life was to go to James Madison University. Kind of went there on a whim, all because of the marching band, best decision of my life, and I love it to the core. Um, but this weekend, the nasty side of JMU kind of showed out and is I, I, I can't get it, it brought me back to those times of being on campus and being an activist and marching for different things. And, you know, I always tell the story. One of my first weekend at JMU, uh, you know, walking to Skate Zone. Was it the Skate Zone or Bowling Alley? Might have been. I don't know. I, I think we were walking to the Bowling Alley. Uh, in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and, you know, a red pickup truck, you know, typical college scene if you're a student of color going to a white school in a country town, um, you know, someone yelling out, nigger, and throwing beer cans, and seeing the Confederate flag drive away, we're like, what? Where are they, Where do they do that at? I'm just having that feeling um, after a series of events this weekend, so, um, a young man, uh, I, I don't have the information in front of me, I'm just kind of speaking off memory, but a young man uh, that was a chapter member of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated, uh, which is a historically black uh, fraternity. Um, he was a member of the chapter at Jays Madison University, even though I believe he went to Bridgewater College, uh, which is one of our neighboring schools. Uh, he recently passed away. He's a young man, maybe 23 or 24 years old. Uh, I believe he was in law school. I don't know how he passed away. From what I understand, it was it, it, it was somewhat unexpected. And, and he had, you know, when you're in a fraternity and when you're a black person uh, on, a, on a relatively familiar, predominantly white campus, like people know you. And so he had a lot of people that he knew and a lot of people that I know know him. Um, and he passed away unexpectedly. So there is a memorial rock that's on the east side of campus. That's kind of seems like to be, they didn't have this when I was in school there, but like a spirit thing or, you know, they have blue stones around campus that are, you know, just free forming rocks that people can paint. Back in our day, we were there, there, there was a, um, there was a cafe called Taylor Down Under and they would allow organizations to go and paint. Uh, bar stools or chairs with their organization's names and you know just something for you to keep keepsake um and that was your chair and it was kind of went down you know it, was, it stayed there in memory of that organization or those people 
And so a group of his friends, fraternity brothers, uh, gathered at this memorial, at this rock, at, at a rock that's allowed to be painted and made it into a memorial ceremony. And they painted it from what it sounds like. It was a very, you know, kind of a gut-wrenching thing, was something that they really wanted to do to honor the memory of this young brother. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it had Omega Sci-Fi on it, the Greek letters, purple and gold. It had RIP, the years, um, and Roman numeral letters, or Roman numerals, Roman, num Roman numerals. Um, and uh, they finished painting it, you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night. And by 8 o'clock the next morning, a group of um, Donald Trump supporters, so students, not, you know, students at JMU that uh, support Donald Trump completely painted over this memorial rock, you know, in a matter of f less than eight hours, you know, painted all white Trump 2016 and posted it up proudly. Now, you know, I, I can't imagine if that was someone, you know, I felt like I knew this young man because of the fact that we know so many of the same people. We shared the same experiences as a fraternity, a member of, of a black fraternity at a predominantly white campus, very shared experiences all across the nation. So I felt like I knew, I knew him, but I can't imagine for the people that actually knew him. Can you imagine that you spend all night, you're singing songs, you're laughing, you're joking, you're crying in memory of your brother and you, you go by the next morning and it says Trump 2016. I, I, I just know the spirit of me and the people that I was around in school. Like it, it would have like, yeah, it would, I just can't imagine how that felt. Um, and so it, it made some media coverage, some blogs picked it up and, you know, but more so than that, it seemed just the organization uh, was kind of, you know, two-stepping and mishandling their response because the appropriate response would have been look we are so sorry we are sorry we were ignorant to the fact that you know we, we should have been paying attention but we didn't it was a mistake let's join in solidarity to repaint it you know that that should have been the first response from the student organization um and i believe their response was based on twitter you know uh, it's just a rock. Anybody could do it. I don't know who did it. It wasn't us. Da, 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 da. And then some of their supporters jumped out the Porsche and was like, oh, it's just a freaking rock. What's the big deal? Da, 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 da. And, you know, I, it, there are a lot of people that view this story as, you know, made it about Trump because that's sexy right now. That's hot right now. It's political season. And, and they made it about Trump and, you know, his rallies and his abortion discussion and this, this and that. To me, especially as someone that's worked on college campuses with college students um, and still do on a regular basis, like that was, as an educator, there were moments there that I'm sure, I, I have full confidence in JMU and just their approach to how they handle student affairs. I know that there were meetings. I know that that Mark Warner, who's one of the vice presidents there, I know that the president came out. I know that our dean, you know, sat at the table and got a phone call and was ready to have the group sit down and talk about it. Uh, and I know that happened. I, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm confident that it happened. Um, 
But I just wish that some students that have certain privileges would take the moment, take a moment. And this is all students, you know, white students with privilege, black students with privilege, men with privilege, women with privilege, to go into every situation just with the open, like just being aware, like being emotionally intelligent. I don't know if you've all heard of, you know, there's a, there's a whole movement behind emotional intelligence. You know, there's like IQ, intelligence quota, whatever it is, whatever it is, uh, quotient. I don't even know what IQ stands for, but you know, your IQ, the number tells you how smart you are, whatever. Well, there's an emotional intelligence that tells you just how self-aware you are uh, of, of course, your own emotions and the way that you respond to others and the way other people respond to you and making adjustments there, you know, thereafter. And I just wish that you know, um, in this case, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to call it like I see it. I'm going to assume that a majority of these Trump supporters uh, were white. And I'm going to assume again. And I, I know people will correct me if I'm wrong, that their white privilege prevented them from from being sensitive in that moment or to be even aware that, oh, let me, what else is on this rock? Hold on. Before we spray paint this entire four foot rock let me see what oh r.i.p wait omega sci-fi isn't that a black return wait hold on what's going on somebody in that group should have been able to take a step back from the situation like yo what else can we do to show our support for trump you know this is not even for me you know some people jumped on the bash trump bandwagon i don't think this has anything to do with that i think this has to do this has everything to do with the group of uh, students who couldn't see past their privilege and as a result made a series of unfortunate decisions. And this is what happens on college campuses. Like this is like there there's just a constant barrage of people with privilege that are so insensitive to the needs of others that they just not the needs, but the perspective of others or the 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 views of others that they just stop. Uh, I don't care who was here first. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. I'm going to drive through the campus. I'm not going to stop at stop signs. I'm going to walk by you and I'm going to bump into you like you don't even exist. I'm going to sit next to you in class and you're going to be in my group. And I talk to you every freaking day. But when I see you online in the grocery store, the bookstore, I'm not going to say hi to you because I don't recognize you or know how you're different from your other friend that's black and has the same kind of hair. Uh, you know, like that's the type of thing that that really that really frustrates me when it comes to, you know, general discussions about race and about privilege and class and gender is that the people that are in the dominant group, they have a responsibility to be more sensitive. That doesn't mean that you have to jump out the window and, and be, you know, super uber sensitive to the point where things are, you know, where it's not helpful or useful. But if you are a white person, you have to acknowledge your privilege in situations where your whiteness matters. If you are a man, you have to acknowledge your privilege in certain situations and check it and check yourself and ask yourself questions in the moment, in the moment, not two weeks later and then come back and issue some BS apology like, oh, you know, I should have made better decisions. 
da 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 da. I let I let this go away. I I mishandled. You know, we have to be able to make decisions in the moment that um, you know, based on our privilege and the 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 perspective of the people around us. So, um. Rest in peace to that young brother. I'm going to get his name because I mean, I want to make sure I say his name um, on the podcast. And um, and to the, the I don't even want to give the other group any more any more shine. I got into it with one of their supporters on Twitter um, because I made the comment like, oh, I mean, uh, oh, because one of their supporters. Let me let me let me rewind. I tweeted the the, the group the Trump group. And I was like, yo, this is JMU. I'm JMU. Y'all know better. JMU should have taught you better. You should be more sensitive and aware, especially as a political action group. Like you should be aware of your privilege. This is disgusting. Do better. You know, um, one of their supporters came out and was like, it's just a freaking rock. Calm down people. So, you know, I lit, I lit her up Lit her or him up. I don't know who it was. I was like, okay, it's just a rock. Well, then why not go and paint a bench then? Why did you paint over this rock? Why don't I go and paint on a tombstone? It's just a rock, right? Just a headstone, right? A, a, a headstone that's memorializing someone's life and death. And you're saying it's just a freaking rock. So then I, I, I copied the other, I copied the Trump group. I was like, yo, you need to get your supporters because they're going to put a bad name out for y'all when y'all are probably just trying to support your man. And you got your people going crazy. Um, it's the same as that rally mentality, that Trump rally mentality. People start smelling their mustaches and start going crazy, talking people crazy. Anyhow, um, but yeah, let's take a little break. I'm gonna come back with the young man's name that passed away from Omega Sci-Fi. Give him a shout out, um, and his family and his friends and his brothers. Uh, and then we'll go into the rest of the show. All right, hold tight. All right, boom, and we're back. All right, so listen, um, I wanted to acknowledge the young man, uh, the young member of Omega Sci-Fi that passed away, uh, a member of the Beta Delta Delta chapter of Omega Sci-Fi, which is at James Madison University. His name was Jeffrey Allen Matthews. Um, you know, from all accounts, seems like he was an amazing, an amazing young man. Um, and, you know, what... A, a, a positive, another positive um, story to come from this situation is that, you know, just seeing the black Greek community at my college, fraternity community, fraternity and sororities, but definitely the fraternities come out and just so, show support for, for this young brother. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a member of Alpha Phi Alpha. This is Omega Sci Fi, you know in theory and you know on tv and stuff like that we're supposed to beef and you know we're at odds and we talk crazy about each other and those are all things of course we did we were undergrad and it was all fun and games but you know in support of uh of this situation you know people have been posting on facebook in honor of uh mr matthews and um, you know, changing their avatars, posting like, look, what do you need us to do? The alphas at JMU got your back, whatever you need. Um, and that's been really, really great to see. Um, you know, we even, you know, some of us at the chapter and our alpha chapter reached out to the older brother, the older Qs, the older Omegas, and was just like, yo, 
what if you make a call, what do you know, what do you need? And we're there. Um, so that's been a great thing just to see the brothers come and, and get united over 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 this, um, over Mr. Matthews uh untimely death. So something good did at least, you know, come out of the situation. It really seemed like, you know, their chapter and and students, you know, of all races and all creeds, I saw a video that looked like there were at least a hundred people out there helping to repaint the rock all color. I saw black, white, Indian, Asian, everybody out there. So, um, you know, JMU strong. We're still Madison strong. We still got pride, but you know, just, just check your privilege. Oops. Sorry. My thing is on. Um, just check your privilege at the door. Um, so, uh, I, I think I want to go right into the, the main idea of the week. I won't have a, uh, a hip hop minute. Maybe I'll come back at the end to do it, but I don't want to want to keep with this kind of theme that we're talking about in terms of checking your privilege and I have an unformed thought in my head about a topic I want to talk about and I don't really I don't really know what I'm trying to say and I I, I, I might need some help to to develop this conversation in the upcoming weeks but um, so, you know, everybody knows I have a son. My son is nine, right? And so he's at that age for boys where, you know, of course, girls are, ooh, girls, oh, I don't have any girlfriends. Oh, don't touch me. That, that kind of, you know, boys and girls are, or boys are at that age. The girls in this class are, seem to be a little bit out of that into something a little bit more forward. We'll talk about another time. Um... So, you know, I'm very, very, I, I take raising a young man very seriously. I take raising a boy seriously. I, we don't like to do anything by chance. We don't like to just, you know, hey, maybe he'll learn this lesson in life somewhere. Like if there's something that we want him to experience and a perspective that we want our son to have, like we're very intentional about the messages that we send him, understanding that at this age, seven through 10, like, you know, in terms of how boys view their world and view relationships and view their own self-confidence and their own abilities and their, you know, uh, their whole attitude to being challenged, their entire perspective on good and bad is formed in like this age group. And I, I said seven, maybe even six through 10. Um, you know, if I, I, I don't want to jump out the window with this next statement, but like in terms of having a father around, I think for boys, of course, you want your father around all the time. But if you had to choose a four year span, it would be six through 10. Um, that's where all of their academic perspective is formed in terms of what school is and how they approach uh, challenges, how they approach hard work. The whole concept of working hard is, is, is created, that foundation is created in this four-year stretch. And something I've been thinking about lately is how will our son... Or how will we talk to our son about 
his treatment of women. Like, how do you treat women? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it sounds really simple. You know, and I would always hear, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek and jokingly when a young man gets, you know, when when a man is, you know, in his 18, in his late teens or early 20s, and let's say he doesn't open the door for a woman, it doesn't hold the door or, or, you know, doesn't let a woman go in front of him, someone will say in jest, like, oh, your daddy ain't teach you that, your mom ain't teach you that, you're supposed to do this for a woman, blah, blah, blah. And... Those statements in general are whack as hell to me because I just, because they're just whack. And I'll talk about why at another time, but that's like holding a door for a woman has no, to me, implication of how you treat a woman. I I digress. I won't go into that because I know that's, you know, a lot of Southern people listen. I don't have a lot of those Southern gentlemanly qualities, um, but how I treat a woman has nothing to do whether or not I close or open the door for her. Anyhow. Um, but I'm very, very intentional about the messages that I'm sending and the examples that I'm showing to my son about how to treat women. So I'm thinking about it. I think about it a lot. And I'm like, okay. Especially because, you know, he's tuned into the news now to, you know, he loves sports, so he watches ESPN, and he gets sports updates on his, uh, you know, on his iPod and stuff. And so, you know, Ray Rice situation, you know, countless other situations, domestic violence, and you might catch something on the news. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of conversation about how men treat women and from a national media perspective men don't treat women well you know what i'm saying like from a national perspective like you're not going to get stories that make national news about all the great things men do for you know and with women because why because why um so what you do see is the situations where you know we live in prince george's county in maryland and like in the last two months it's been like some ridiculous domestic violence situations like just like oh jealous boyfriend shot up the whole family set the house on fire killed the dog kicked the baby like all kinds of crazy stuff and it's always men that are perpetrating these horrible horrible acts so how do you process that for a boy that is identifying as like hey you know you know, like I said in a, in a previous episode, like my son recognizes that girls are treated differently and boys are treated differently. And a lot of the national conversation around girls is positive. Girls do this. Girls are better in school. Girls are more well behaved. Black girls run. Girls rock. This, that, you know, it's like all these different positive messages around girls and in general from a national perspective there's a lot of negative messages about how especially men treat women and so you know my son said I can't remember specifically but he came back from school he was saying you know in general he always since since day one of the first grade he's in a class where it's just like five boys five or six boys and 20 plus girls so the first day he came back, oh, so many girls in my class, da 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 So, you know, 
I'm, I'm also not going to go overboard and be like, oh, well, treat each woman with respect and just, you know, no, no, I'm not going to do that. So what I did, I just let him paint that picture and why it was frustrating, not in one day, but just over a period of time. And in general, what it seems like is that, you know, the boys play in one general type of way, which is usually physical and they go outside, they rub, they da da da, and girls talk a lot. And the girls in his class, what, from what he's telling me, are mean to him. And mean just might be like, Ellington, pick up your pencil, oh my God, like that, you know? Uh, this is just his example. Or, you know, they'll always say something about something he has on. Or some, you know, some silly little fourth grader stuff. And he processes that, you know, because I'm not processing it for him. He processes that as these girls are mean. And that they always jump on him and they always pick with the boys and, you know, all this stuff. So, you know, after a while, just like, you know, Ellington, like, why don't you, you know, talk to them? Like, what do they like to do? Like, try see if you have anything in common with them. You know, I don't want to do that whole, oh, maybe they like you situation because, because no. You know what I'm saying? Um, we ain't talking about boyfriend, girlfriend stuff now. You know, girls have come up to me. Fourth grade girls have come up to me and my wife when we go to Ellington school, when we go to our son's school and say, I, I like your son. Your son is so cute. Or we'll see them in Home Depot somewhere and like, Ellington, I love, you know, like stuff like that. So we're not even acknowledging that. That's just, you know, whatever. So I just, I, I wanted to, you know, I talked to my wife about it a lot. I talked to people like, how do you, should you, should we be treating, let me, let me take that back. Should be, we should, should be, we should we be, uh, suggesting to boys that they treat women softer, that they treat women kinder, more gentle when they're in second, third, and fourth grade. Should we be saying that? Is that the message? Is the message, you know, because what my son will say is, you know, the girls always get mad at us because, you know, we don't, um, we don't pick them when we're playing soccer. And I'm like, okay, why don't you pick them? Because they don't know how to play soccer. How do you know? We've seen them. They don't know how to play. They just, they get scared of the ball. Okay, okay, okay. Facts. So I'm telling them, like, you know, tell me the facts of the situation. Not what you think, not what you're guessing, but based on what you see, who are the best soccer players out there? He'll say, me, this person, Danny, Mason, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, the, so I was like there's no girls out there that you want to put on your team. And he's like, no. Okay, so I'm like, don't put them on your team. I mean, you know, like what? Why? Okay, so, you know, that's that. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. But I think society sends us messages that, all right, just, you know, pick the girl. You know, make her feel good. Let her play. Girls can do it too. Girls run. You know what I'm saying? So I asked them, are there any girls that are out there that are good at soccer? No. Are there girls out there that are good at basketball? Yeah, you know, a couple girls play basketball. Okay. 
but not soccer. No. Okay, well, don't pick them. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be. So what I tell them to follow up is you don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to go up and be like, ha I didn't pick you. But what he says then is that the girls come back. How come you ain't pick girls? How come you ain't pick us? What da, 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 da. He's like, at that point, my son is not confrontational. So he'll just be like, forget it. I'm just going to go over here and, you know, I'll just wait for the bell to ring over here in the corner. So that small example and many other examples like that leads me to this question of should we be suggesting to boys that they treat girls kinder, softer, more gently with gloves on, you know, as to not hurt their feelings. I'm not talking physical yet. I'm going to talk physical in a minute. Um, and, and so speak, speaking of physical, then, you know, we know that, you know, at this age, a lot of the girls in his class are bigger than him. And my son is big. He's big, solid, strong, fast. But if you bump up against him while you're running, most likely you're going to fall. And so what I've been telling like, you can't play so rough with the girls. So we saw a, they had a soccer practice the other day. And it was a joint soccer practice between the nine-year-old girls and the nine-year-old boys. Now, the nine-year-old boys were a little bit more solid than the girls. But I saw the boys playing back because they didn't want to hurt them. Now, the girls were told, go, go get him, die, smash him, fight, fight for the ball. And the boys were like, okay, you know, all right, you know, calm, you know, okay. And I saw my son. I know how he plays soccer. And I saw him playing back to let the girls have an advantage. So when did, like, you see the conundrum here? So if you're talking about developing your son's, you know, empowering your boy and making sure that your boy has a positive view of women and their abilities or their, you know, how he perceives them and, and making it fair and just and, you know, but still taking advantage of every situation that he's in. How do you do that? I have a suggestion. <laughs> I have a suggestion, but I don't know if this is right. Like, I don't know if this is the PC thing. You know, there's a lot of conversations about, you know, of course, as there should be, you know, men you know, just men treating women poorly, all like all the domestic violence situation I was talking about. And I was just thinking about it. Men don't just treat women poorly. Men treat everyone poorly. Like men don't just beat up women. Men beat up men. So to take this back to the conversation at the beginning in terms of privilege, if you're a man, shouldn't it be that? Shouldn't it be that in certain situations as a man, you have male privilege? So as a result of your male privilege, you have to go into each situation and assess it and be a little bit more aware in certain situations about your privilege, whether it is your size, your stature, your muscles, what kind of clothes you have on. You know, if you're standing over someone, if you have your arms crossed, like all those emotional intelligence stuff, all your body language, all your voices, you know, um, big thing when my wife and I started dating is my wife would always think I was yelling at her. Like if we got mad or even if I, I wasn't mad or if I was just excited about something like I, this is me all day, like 
So if this is me and a regular, if I get excited, like, oh, and I'm yelling and I'm a little bit louder, and she'd be like, oh, no, stop yelling at me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she didn't really do that. But, yeah, it, it was just like a misunderstanding that, you know, this is just my natural voice. And when I get excited, whether it's good or bad, my voice is going to elevate. So, you know, a part of that is, you know, I had to learn and I don't. I don't censor myself to the point where it makes me less of a person, but I do have to recognize that it might be something about my maleness and me being a man that raising my voice at certain women might, you know, might not be appropriate or might not be received in the way that I intended it to be received. So anyhow, so that that's what like that's the thing that I'm thinking about when I'm talking about my son about not just how you treat women, but shouldn't we be teaching boys that you treat everyone with respect? You don't hit anyone. You don't fight. Like you don't have to use your hands, use your intelligence, use your brain. But if someone puts the paws on you, if someone comes at you disrespectfully, you know, uh, with their, you know, with their hands or physically, then you have to defend yourself. So then there poses another question. If a woman approaches you physically and we're on this, you know, treat everyone with respect, treat people the way they treat you, and a woman comes at you physically, how do you teach a boy to discern the difference between this situation where it's a boy and this situation where it's a girl? In my mind, you can't. The only way that you can do that is by saying, don't fight anyone. The reason why boys treat girls horribly is because boys treat boys horribly. And that you, the message that we should be sending to boys is treat everyone awesomely. Like we can't approach it from this, like we can't approach it from this, this, this disempowered uh, perspective. We had to approach it from, hey, let, guess what? You can treat everyone with respect, not just respect, but with love. And you can empower people around you, even the ones that don't like you, even the ones that don't rock with you like that, even the ones that, you know, might be disrespectful. You can still empower them and leave the situation peacefully. I don't think we can contend. Um, I don't think we can continue to tell boys to not hit girls but to fight a boy if you have to i don't those messages for young men during this age so everything is tying back to six to ten. Six to ten is when they're learning how to deal with conflict right and you know with conflict you know my son takes taekwondo and they talk about self-control like that's the key to all conflict to all war is is exerting some sort of self-control. So that's the message that needs to be put out there. That's the message that we have to send to young boys is, you know, you don't put your hands on women. You don't put your hands on men. I really don't like to hear, you know, because, because how, boys, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like, Boys aren't that complex to, in the moment, make a decision. You just got hit in the face by a girl. You just got hit in the face by a boy. 
back to back, day after day. So you get hit in the face by a boy and it's okay to hit them back. The next day, you might get hit harder in the face by a girl and you have to resort to self-control. How about this? How about you get hit in the face by a boy and you be like, word, okay, I'm going to call the cops on you. <laughs> or I'm going to tell the teacher and uh, and I'm going to berate you with words. Or I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just talking and I'm just talking it through. Um... I know there's always an, there's always a situation where you're going to have to defend yourself physically if you're being uh, apprehended physically. Um, but I just don't think that boys, I don't think they're humans, but I'm speaking to boys, are, are complex enough, nor do they have the, the mental capacity to pick and choose who they're going to show deference to in situations where it's heated in situations where it's like high pressure, high stress, you know, Oh, I can hit you back, but I can't hit you back on this day and that day. But if you're bigger than me or if you're smaller than me, then I can't do. I, how about this? Treat everyone the same. Treat everyone in a loving way. Like not even with respect because Respect is not, to me, is not forceful enough. Treat everyone with love, yo. Like, and that don't mean you gotta love everybody. That means just that, you know, hold the door for everybody. Like, be a kind person. You know, show deference to everyone. Be a humble spirit. Um, you know, do that and still have confidence. And still be like, yes, I do this and I do it well. You know what I'm saying? Um... I don't know. I, I I feel like my thoughts aren't quite connecting the way I wanted to. I mean, I got my message across, but I don't know the answer. I don't know if even the answer I propose is the right answer. Um, but I, I just I felt like I wanted to. I had it on my mind to talk about um, just you know th this age. I'm telling you, this six to ten is so important. Teenage years are important, but by thirteen, the kid is who he is. Um, you know, birth to four is important, as we all know. Um, formation, you know, the physical, the brain, the food that we eat, you know, learning, that's very important to that age group. But in terms of when you get into school age, those first four years of school are the most important when it comes to so many different things. So I don't know. What do y'all think? Leave me a message. Let's chat about it. Um, I know I said I was going to have Danielle on this week to talk about uh, the, the sex part two, the more sex part two, but we're going to do that next week. Um, I know I said that before, but we're really going to do that next week. So uh, as always, thank you for tuning in. Um, and as you know, excuses are the tools of the incompetent used to build monuments of nothingness. And those that use them are seldom good for anything else. Y'all have a great day. Peace.